Mindfulness Mode 168. I think that what you get back from coming out and being completely yourself is so much more because the connections are going to be so much deeper. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Lankford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I am really excited because I have Cynthia Jammin on the line today. Hey, Cynthia, are you in Mindfulness Mode today? I really am. I'm very focused to be with you. Oh, that's great. Cynthia Jammin is a creative entrepreneur responsible for a million-dollar brand called Twirly Girl. She saw a need in the marketplace, and she let her creative and business inclination thrive as she grew her business and her brand. She calls her business a healing and joyous experience. Mindfulness is a central theme in Cynthia's life, and in spite of some major challenges, her strong spirit and determination has carried her forward. So, Cynthia, I'm excited to talk to you about mindfulness and what that means to you. So how would you express that? In terms of my business, um, I really feel like it's connecting to my customer, which is not the mom or the grandma, it's the child. And getting into that mindset is super important to me. Everything I do is with the intention to make the child feel not only beautiful on the outside, I think that can be very superficial. It's more about how the clothing is going to make them feel from the inside out. And that's where I start everything. That's awesome. So how do you achieve that? How do you make sure that that the child feels amazing from the inside out? By giving them something that obviously will delight all their senses. So it's not just about it looking pretty. It's about the way it feels. It's the, about what it does. It twirls, it spins, it flies. It, it allows them to use their own imagination and think of all the different ways they can express themselves when they're wearing the clothing. So I start with a design, you know, a dress is a dress is a dress is a dress, right? Anybody can create one. But I start with saying, okay, it has to do something. What's it going to do? Is it going to twirl out? Is it going to twirl up? Is it going to fly around? What's the special part of it that the child can, can, that the girl can have a lot of fun with? And um, so that's kind of what starts me on the design process. And then it's all about the fabrics too, because if it's itchy, if it looks great, but it feels horrible, that's not going to work. If it doesn't drape well um, and it just kind of is very stiff, it doesn't move, that's not going to work. So I am in a bunch of the limitations that I give myself actually allow me to be even more creative and focus my efforts exactly to those goals. 
So that's kind of how I start the process. I see. Well, Cynthia, I think it's so cool. You saw a need, you know, you were experimenting and working on clothes for your own girls. And then you, you had the courage to move it to the next step. And then that's the thing that's very tough for a lot of us. And Mindful Tribe, you know, we love talking about courage and the mindfulness of moving forward. So Cynthia, can you talk about how you put together that courage? Well, I think it's about following the energy that's in front of you. And I'm a big believer in saying yes to to all different types of opportunities, providing it's not going to do you harm or somebody else harm. Um, I believe that when the universe or that spiritual um, knock on the door that says, hey, you know, there, there's energy going in this direction. It actually makes it really easy. It doesn't mean to say that there's no challenges or there's no risk, but the risk doesn't feel like, oh my God, I'm going to be really putting myself in a bad situation. The risk more feels like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do this or not. And when that's the risk, it's about, well, why not just try? Then you'll find out. And if the opportunity and the door is opening, you might as well just walk through it. I didn't have any business um, experience, education, nothing. But I always grew up with that entrepreneurial spirit of not wanting to follow the rules that much, um, always wanting to stand out from the crowd. If somebody was doing something one way, I always, even if that way was working, wanted to see if there was another way to do something, a better way, maybe a more exciting way, maybe a way that felt more integrated with who I am instead of just following along for the sake of following along. So I feel like it was it was more about, if you could call it courage, it's more about finding that strength within to just listen to your gut and follow the opportunities that are that are knocking on your door. Because we all have that stuff that's around us. Well, people keep asking me about this and I've never done it. And they keep wanting me to do this or that. So I would just say to pay attention to that because it's trying to tell you something. Right. I, I love how you heard this from the universe and it just felt right. Did you create a team of support to help you or at what point did you start doing that? Well, my husband was a big part of it where, and my daughters too, because they were the audience really mm -hmm. of things that I was wanting to create. And every time their feedback was, wow, that's pretty cool. And I really like wearing this. Or right. my husband was like, wow, you seem to be getting a lot of attention for this. That was kind of my indication of, from the outside world that I'm in the right direction. I'm headed in the right direction for this. And so then as that began to grow, it became my customers. And then it became the vendors who wanted to put it in their stores. So it just kind of had, took on a life of its own. The business really does have a life of its own. And we're kind of following its lead at this point. So you're making childhood wonderful for so many children. Let's go back to your childhood. I know you had some challenges. Can we talk about that for a couple of minutes? Yeah, um, I think all of us grow up with, you know, stuff going on that maybe isn't the best situation for a childhood. So I certainly don't want to make it sound like mine was worse um, than anybody else's because... 
it's all relative. My challenge was dealing with abuse um, from the time I was seven to about 12. And I also grew up in an alcoholic home. My mom was very, very young, and she didn't have all the skills or tools back then to get the help she needed. Um, My dad was kind of out of the picture, not necessarily because of he wanted to be, just the circumstances ended up being that way. Um, And it was around in the 70s. So the abuse that took place wasn't really talked about. It was you'd never even assume it was happening. It was so under the rug. And so I suffered a lot in silence. And when you, I know you bring up bullying and stuff like that, I think there's also a level to it where when you aren't come from an abused home, you already feel like you're separate from everyone else. Like there's something wrong with you. And so I almost was my own bully in a way. The abuse was my bully, But I became my own bully because I never felt like I belonged anywhere. I felt like there was something inherently wrong with me that is so different from the other children. And I could never really be myself. So, um, you know, that really affected me growing up and finding the confidence to really be smart. Um, I never really thought that I could uh, be as smart as the other kids. So... I found out much later in life that I'm really smart, but that took a lot of time. That took a lot of effort to overcome those challenges that the abuse takes so much away. And it's in little bit of layers that get revealed as you get older. You realize, oh, wow, I never had that kind of confidence because of this. Really? Oh, my God, it's still affecting me, and I'm 40 years old, and it's still in this area? It's just, it's so pervasive. So that was a huge challenge, and I think Twirly Girl really allowed me to heal in a lot of ways. And it wasn't kind of a conscious decision. It wasn't like, I'm going to start this company so I can heal my childhood. It was more when I saw my daughters growing up and I thought, oh my God, that's what an innocent kid looks like. That's what that looks like. Oh, she knows nothing. The world's an open book. She could do anything. And I really wanted to encourage that and encouraging my own daughters and making them clothes that made them feel like like so amazing in their own skin made me relive it in a way. You know how when they say you have kids, you kind of relive another childhood. That's kind of what it was like for me. So the business kind of grew out of that, my experiencing my own childhood again in a better way. (laughs) Wow. I I just... Yeah, what a story, Cynthia. It really is. And you said you it took you time and effort. Did you go go about it specifically thinking to yourself, okay, how am I going to work through this abuse that I've experienced? And did you go to like counseling or did you join groups? What sorts of things did you do to work through that? Well, in my early 20s, um, I did realize like uh, that, I should be working on myself to heal these wounds. And I was never a person to kind of shove it under the rug, right. but I really never knew exactly how to deal with it either. And I think the arts really provided that um, foundation for me to move through it. 
and acting specifically. Right. I know that you were an actor. So a lot of actors tell me that that's one of the most mindful things that you can do. Did you find that? Absolutely. When I found my the acting class that ended up resonating for me completely, um, it really took on a whole other level of awareness and um, being able to achieve those goals that I always wanted to, which was being outside myself and being confident and really putting myself out there. I found through the acting class and the technique was very much based on being in the moment, um, trusting your talent, uh, realizing that there is nobody else like you to express the way you can. So you have a gift and an uh, and a almost duty to do that to your audience, to give them what you, only you can give them. And that's kind of the thought that I've always gone through my life with, is that from that acting class, I learned that there is nobody on the planet and the universe quite like me. And I need to be able to express myself so that I can share my unique perspective and take with the world and illuminate humanity in my own way. And it really gave me the confidence to do that. And in the effort of doing that, I was able to kind of heal that those parts of me that never felt confident, or that wanted to remain hidden or weren't pretty enough or acceptable enough to be exposed, all of that went out the window because acting requires you to just be an open book. And all of that was accepted. Yeah. So Mindful Tribe, you know, this is really, really valuable to hear how Cynthia used acting and creativity to work through this. So it's so valuable what you're sharing with us, Cynthia. Now, I know a lot of people use routines and habit and create maybe a morning routine. Do you have something like that that helps you day to day with your with your uh, business sort of thing? Um, With business, I... I feel like it's connecting with my customers directly. I love getting that direct feedback and that hooks me into my business right away. I'm all of a sudden very focused on what my task needs to be. How can I serve them best? So that's definitely a way that I'm very mindful of is whenever I connect with a customer, I'm all cylinders are firing. You know, how can I create something for them? Even if it's just one customer wanting something, I'll find a way to bring that to life. So that definitely connects me. Um, Personally, I feel like it's my, you know, exercise definitely gets me into my body and connects me to the moment. And also I still take my acting classes because it that just never goes away, that need to really explore all those parts of me that can be expressive and emotional and and be different. It teaches me how, oh, that character did that? Well, why can't I do that in life, you know? So it opens me up to all the possibilities. So both of those things. Cool. So do you still do some acting then, Cynthia? I have not gone out into the professional world for a long time. I'm not opposed to it, but it's just not my focus right now. Sure. But um, yeah, it never kind of goes away. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to ask you about your thoughts on meditation. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. people have different types of meditation practices. Is that part of your life? 
Yeah, I'm too active. I like to move around a lot. So you have to give me something to do while I'm meditating or I can't do it. So I met with this beautiful um, teacher. His name's David Elliott. And he calls himself the reluctant healer because just like how I talked about opportunities kind of knocking on your door and the universe keeps saying, come this way, do Mm -hmm. this. Um, He was that way. He just fell into this healing craft Mm -hmm. and he developed this sort of meditation, which requires breathing a certain way. And so he outlined on a bunch of meditations how to breathe and the breath takes you into these different levels and it's all guided because for me my active mind is just so wants to latch on if you give me a direction to focus it I'm much better so that definitely helps and he's got like three minutes six minute 20 minute 27 minute so there's really no excuse to not do it I try and do it as much as I can but I know that every time I do it's almost like going on vacation it's so helpful. Wow. That, that is really interesting. Cynthia, I've worked in bullying prevention for a long time, and I've, I've noticed how the practice of mindfulness can really help people who have been exposed to bullying, whether it's in adult or child life. Uh, do you have a story you can share where mindfulness would have made a difference? I feel like bullying hasn't been a part of my world, although I have to say in business, I've been bullied. Have you? Yeah, because people are knocking me off right and left. Right. And I feel bullied for sure. And I can only say with the mindfulness, how it applies to me is that I feel the need to stick up for myself and do whatever I can. I'm not going to resort to lashing out at these companies and slandering them because that's not who I am. Right. I'm more about doing what's right and also standing up for myself. So in that way, I'm going to look to the most legal, you know, the legal ways to protect myself, the ways to stand up to them that make sense to me. And given my financial situation, given how much I'm willing to put into this, you know, how much I need to let part of it go. I think all of that requires so much mindfulness because we live in a world, and this is even in a personal way, where if somebody's bullying you on Facebook or social media, whatever you put back follows you around. And so you really do have to be mindful with everything that you say back to the person that is bullying you. And you don't want to look like them. Right. You don't want it to look like, you know, I'm I'm just as bad as they are. You want to rise to the higher level, even when you're absolutely right in being angry and vengeful and, you know, feeling so victimized by it. But I think the best way that I handle it is by doing all I can do and then just realizing, you know, I'm not the judge and jury of this person or this company that they'll answer to whoever they need to answer to. Ultimately, even if you're not religious, there is that energy. It's like if you're attracting, if you're putting out that bullying energy, you're going to get something back. 
you know, that isn't positive. And that doesn't necessarily have to come from me. Um, so I just try and be very mindful about how I go about addressing things like that. And it's been a challenge, you know, it's, it really cuts to the core when you feel that violated and, um, you can only do what you can do. And then you have to just take the higher road, know you're better than that, you know? Right. Just move forward. Yes. Because I was just thinking, you know, how unfair it seems you were violated as a child and then mm -hmm. you have a successful business and you're just going great. And then you feel violated again. And the feeling you must have had the first time you saw that someone was doing that. I mean, that must have been a terrible feeling. Yeah, it's just awful. You just feel like I'm putting this out there from my heart. This is my expression. There's no way you can even knock off the intention with which I created this. But it, on the surface, it looks like you're just recreating a dress, you know, and there's so much in it. And that's kind of what prompted me to tell my story, my my history of growing up abused and everything because I really wanted people to understand who I was in differentiating myself from the person who is just knocking me off superficially and from other companies. I have to keep expressing myself authentically so that people know, hey, you know what? This may look like the same thing, but it's not. And that in turn has given me so much strength and has actually made me even more of who I am. Because if those things hadn't happened, I'd be just going along in my own little bubble and, you know, existing. But I, I, I think it is much better to be truly authentic, even if you don't have to prove yourself to anybody. I think that what you get back from coming out and being completely yourself is so much more because the connections are going to be so much deeper that you make with people. They're really going to feel like they can relate to you and therefore they'll share more with you. So it, it benefits everybody. Right. Yes, it really does. I want to talk about your girls. I know with my son, he's 14 now, and mm -hmm. it's surprising how much he teaches me about mindfulness because I think kids have a very mindful element. And as, as he's grown older, I notice certain attributes that he has. And I, I just try to really focus in on those. Tell me about your girls. Are there ways that you learn mindfulness from them? Yeah. One of my daughters is an artist and um, very talented. And she is very focused and so self-assured and so confident. And I love her belief in herself. Like that is something that I learn from her every day. I've learned that when you believe something so much, it's almost like the, the world around you agrees with you, even if it isn't the best thing in the world. It's your conviction and your belief in it that makes all the difference. She, you know, she'll ask my opinion sometimes, but it, it really doesn't even matter what my opinion is. She believes in it wholeheartedly that it's just so refreshing. And my other daughter is extremely wise and very emotionally mature. She's 13. And um, 
And I learned from her the way she sees things is um, very holistic. She'll take in the whole situation and be very mindful about um, how she wants to go about it. Now, granted, that can also lead to a, a paralyzing indecisiveness, which drives me crazy <laughs> because she can see all sides of everything. And then she's stuck going, well, I could do that and I could do that and I could do that. <laughs> so that's the flip side to it. Um, but I love seeing all the all the aspects that they have to work with. And likewise, with the daughter that's so self-assured, she can also be super stubborn <laughs> and really opinionated. And right. it's like talking to a wall sometimes. So it's so interesting to live in this dialectical world where you can have the the most amazing self-assurance and need to work on being more open-minded. So it's like living in that space and I'm teaching them to really honor that and live in both worlds wow. that it's not just black and white, you know, yes. it's, it's everything. Oh, that is so great. They sound like wonderful, wonderful girls and, a, you know, a lot of fun hanging out with them, I'm sure. Yeah, when they're not being in their teen uh, yeah. mood craziness, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cynthia, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? I would have to say the Dalai Lama, although that's very, very lofty. I've seen a lot of um, clips of him. I've watched movies about him. And... The way that he approaches everything is so, so beautiful and so enlightened. It's like, how can you not come away from that feeling like, okay, I, I'm going to try and be a better person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> how has mindfulness affected your emotions, Cynthia? I think as I've gotten older, I've learned to trust the moment more instead of trying to figure out the future or shoulder the past. I've learned to trust the moment more and being mindful really allows me to be proud of how I behave because I am taking the time to really think things through. Not all the time, but at least I'm aware right. of what I'm doing, which actually makes me feel much more confident. Oh, that's good. Uh, well, you, you talked about this a little bit already, but I'm wondering if you could sum it up. How does breathing affect your mindfulness practice? Well, the breath really gives you inspiration and taking in that breath allows you to take a few seconds to calm the nervous system and allow you to think a little clearer, just even taking that time and being feeling your body. Um, so I would say that that's the main thing that it does. And just connecting myself to all that's around me too. If you could recommend a book on mindfulness, what would that be? I love um, The Prophet by Cahill Gibran and The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I love that too. I'm more metaphysical than and spiritual than religious. So um, I love any. I love the quantum mechanics of the way things work. I love the secret that movie. There's just so many things that all say the same thing, but in different ways. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love books like that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you share an app which helps you to be more mindful? 
I would have to say the the meditation one that I use from David Elliott, that really is the one that can get me right into that space very quickly. David Elliott is online and um, he offers all types of different things you can download from iTunes. Super. Super. Yeah. Well, what advice would you give a person who is new to the whole idea of mindfulness and they'd like to start using it to help improve their lives? I think there's so many resources that you can read, but I think the, the most important thing is about asking yourself this question, how present do you want to be in your life? How open do you want to be to the impulses and the energy around you? If you answer very and yes, I want to be present in my life, then you'll take the steps to do those things. There's so many different ways to be mindful. So it's more important to really set your intention and what your goals are for yourself and for your life. So, Cynthia, it has really been a pleasure talking with you. I find you very inspiring. How can Mindful Tribe contact you or learn more about what you do? My website, twirlygirlshop.com, it's full of just how I uh, run my business and how I look at life. You'll just know a lot about me from looking at the website. Um, Also, you can contact me through LinkedIn is fine. Um, Also through our Facebook page. I also have an email address, of course. It's Jammin at twirlygirlshop.com. And I'm happy to help other entrepreneurs or people wanting to start their own business, um, even if they don't even consider themselves an entrepreneur or acting, you know, anything like that. Um, I believe in really sharing my experience, strength, and hope with others and um, because I've benefited a lot from getting that from others too. Right, right. Well, thanks so much for offering to help any and all of our listeners. That's fantastic. So again, I really appreciate talking with you and all the best to you. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Bruce. You too. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay, bye now. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.